This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 92, we sit down with six members of PADT's support team to review ANSYS 2021 R1 and talk about what is coming in pending releases. Welcome to our little podcast on all things ANSYS. My name is Eric Miller. I'm one of the co-owners and co-founders of PADT based in Tempe, Arizona. And um, on this episode, we're going to do one of my favorite things to do, and which is where we get a good chunk of PADT's award-winning tech support team together and chat about something. Uh, before we do that, I want to talk sports a bit. I'm recording this uh, Sunday night, uh, and it's been a weekend of international soccer behind us. I became a soccer fan in my middle age thanks to my youngest son introducing the beautiful game to us, and um, we we really are into it and, and follow a lot of different things. Um, this weekend, the Copa was on Saturday, and this is the the uh, cup for South and Central America, and um, it was on uh, Saturday. And I want to give congratulations to any of our listeners from Argentina and to all the Messi fans out there around the world and a big cheer to Brazil for making it a great match. Then the Euro Cup, um, England versus Italy was tough for me. Uh, earlier today, I was in a local pub here in Phoenix with a bunch of English people I know, as well as a bunch of Anglophiles like myself. And uh, we cheered through an amazing match that ended up with Italy claiming the cup in a penalty kick. Um, it's heartbreaking for the three Lions and the nation uh, who created the game. We were hoping they would bring it home. But congratulations to any Italian listeners out there or supporters of the Italian team. And uh, you guys earned it. And uh, I want to share empathy with those of you who were supporting England. So now let's get back to simulation. Um, we're here in the middle of uh, 2021, July, and uh, right now the second annual release of the software we all, all use to make our livings is, is about to come out uh, for the year. And that makes it a good chance to sit down with the people who do our training and technical support here at PDT and have a chat about what they saw and what stood out in R1 now they've been using it for a while and helping other people use it for a while. And then also we're going to chat a little bit about what we see coming down the road. So please enjoy our little chat. I want to welcome everybody for a uh, discussion today. It's We haven't had this opportunity in a long time to have uh, a large number of our support engineers on the call. And uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six of them with us today to, to talk about 2020 R1, 2020 R2, which is coming, and kind of have a general discussion about where ANSYS is and where it's going. So thanks, guys, for joining me. I know that a lot of people are out on vacation and traveling around or doing tech support calls, so I really appreciate you all taking the the time to speak with us and our listeners. Um, let's get started with just a little bit of introduction. Um, if you could, I'll call you, and if each of you can um, tell us your name, what you do at PADT, and, and why don't you share something interesting that you think our listeners might want to know about you, and we'll go ahead and start with Tom. Okay, my name is Tom Chadwick. I've been working for PADT for a little over seven years now doing uh, technical support for the CFD tools. Um, I've been using CFD now since I started engineering back in 1987, um, doing all kinds of things. I think probably the most interesting one I ever worked on was a the National Aerospace Plane Program, which was a hypersonics uh, program, an attempt to build a plane that would go take off from a runway and be able to go all the way to orbit. Cool. And which is coming back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Alec. 
hello. Hey, yeah, this is Alexander. Um, yeah, so I'm um, I'm um, application engineering for EBU, our electronic business unit, and uh, I'm responsible for uh, well pre-sale and support for our um, electronic solutions, which is HFSS, SI Wave, uh, G3D, and many many other uh, tools and features. Um, anything about uh, about me interesting? I would uh, consider that. Um, back back when uh, I was fresh out of my bachelor degree, I was actually working on the um, something more related to materials and uh, um, RF filters. So I was I was working on hexafluoride application, or well, you know for the RF filters. So which is something you know no one no one <laughs> usually knows what it is, but um, uh, it it could be it could be big at some point in the future. Although it was pretty big <laughs> back in the day when technology was not there. So. Everything will catch like hypersonic. Other technology will cap catch up and make it feasible. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Joe Woodward. Hey, this is Joe. Uh, I've been at PADT for almost twenty years. I'm senior mechanical engineer and lead trainer. Uh, I handle all our our training uh, needs. Uh, I started my career at Boeing, working on the space shuttle engines. And uh, something interesting about me, I do jujitsu. Well, that's cool. Great. Ted. Yeah, this is Ted Harris. I'm the director of our simulation support group here at PADT. Been with PADT for over 20 years and uh, had another job before that, uh, going back quite a few years. Um, I guess an interesting thing, when I first started using ANSYS, which was day two of my uh, first job right out of college, we were building three 3D models, but building them in 2D and then extruding. So first mesh was created on a Mylar with a grease pencil and then went to a digitizing light table to create the nodes from the, the grease drawing, so to speak. So come a long way. It has come a very long way. I remember those days. Um, Mr. Otis. Hey, I hit the unmute button this time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm Doug Artis. I think uh, I try. I always try to do the math, and I think it's a non-continuous 15 years at PADT. Mm -hmm. um, and and so I'm a lead mechanical engineer. My background on you know structure mechanics did you know shaker table tests and system dynamics for uh, the career paths when I wasn't at PADT. Um, as far as something interesting about me. Um, well, I'll, I'll go. I'll go two ways. I was just talking with another uh, uh, person this morning, talking about being old, and uh, reminiscing about back when Windows was 32-bit, um, because uh, you know, remembering those model size limits. Um, and so that's the first one. And then I guess the second one, you know, I, I've run for. Um, I guess ridiculous, ludicrous distances. I don't know. I, maybe not ludicrous. There's there's longer races. Inspirational. But, yeah. We like to say inspirational. Uh, sure. If you can get that from from, <laughs> from what I do, go for it. Because uh, it isn't inspirational at the time. So. Yeah, Doug. Doug is being uh, humble. He does these those ultra marathons and things through mountains, not just on flat. So we we cheer him from the sidelines. Um, and Josh. Uh, yeah, so I'm Josh Stout. I guess I'm the new guy on this call. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just coming up on my two-year anniversary with PADT, so that's kind of exciting personally. I guess I'm technically our systems business unit engineer, uh, so I do 
well, obviously system level things uh, that can be optimization, could be uh, electronics cooling, uh, could be driving simulator tools, things like that. So I really, I just kind of fill in uh, where we need a little extra support. Um, I guess on the maybe technical side of interesting things, my graduate background is actually in molecular dynamics uh, level simulation. So that's a little bit different than most of the other people um, that, that work with ANSYS. Um, on the non-technical side, I constructed my own suit of armor for the Renaissance Festival. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Um, you cool. should wear it to work sometime. I think I'd like <laughs> to see that. Not when it's 115 degrees outside, though. Yeah, well... <laughs> Well, great. I, I really appreciate that. And 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 many of you have been uh, often have been uh, guests on the podcast to talk about various things. And uh, this is a great opportunity for people to get to know you a little bit better. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. But our topic is really, you know, to start off um, R1, right? We've been using it. In fact, R2 is coming out very soon. Um, so we've had R1 for quite a while now. Um, anybody want to, now that you've used it, um, point out what you th really got excited about, what really got you going on, on 2021 R1? Not everyone all at once. <laughs> yes, exactly. Awkward. I was going right. to say, you can Fine. edit out the silence. Fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first, just because um, like the, the one big thing that at least like stood out to me or like is kind of, it's, it's an interesting it's kind of a new feature, but it's also more of just like a remix of all these existing kind of tool sets. And that's the short fiber composite workflow. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, that combines, you know, material mapping uh, from external codes to provide orientations. It does initial stresses. It uses, you know, the material designer for all these, um, you know, uh, essentially element by element um, material, uh, property definitions or lookup tables. Um, and so, you know, none of these are like, you know, this, in order to do this, it's really just building on what was kind of already there. And it's just, you know, additional hooks and, you know, pipes between, uh, modules, but that's, you know, been the biggest thing that that's kind of stood out to me as like the, the big new feature to more properly characterize, uh, short fiber composites, just because that's been something that's been, you know, you could hand wave a lot at, um, in the past. Yeah, I, I, we're excited about it too over on the consulting side because we're seeing more and more customers want to replace metal with mm -hmm. polymers with the short fibers in them, right? Uh, and, um, you know, coupling with a, a, a tool like um, Moldflow or Moldex and uh, being able to then import that into ANSYS and do that simulation is turned out to be pretty powerful. Yeah, I agree. Agree. Yeah, especially when you can also couple that with, you know, the, the, cure simulation mm -hmm. um just because you know simulating a, a cure process um you know that's a kind of a completely different like material characterization you know i think you know we usually say you can fake it with some thermal analogies just you know mm -hmm. some thermal expansion and kind of hack your way into it but um being able to use that you know entire tool set for the forming plus the actual material behavior um that that that's that that's been the biggest thing that stood out to me. Cool, yeah, very powerful. Anybody else got a favorite? Um, yeah, from the CFD side, uh, we had talked about it. You and I mm -hmm. uh, a week or so ago. They've been doing a lot of improvements to Fluent to increase the hypersonic capabilities. And right. back when I was doing hypersonics, we had to use kind of a 
custom written um, uh, government code to do all the analysis. But uh, now Fluent uh, has caught up and is expanding their capabilities in order to be more competitive because there's a lot of work going on at companies like SpaceX and, and Blue Origin and other companies for re-entry vehicles and things like that. Um, so they've added in a lot of capabilities to improve the accuracy of the uh, hypersonic solutions. Yeah, yeah. And it, it yeah, after we talked about it and when you bring it up again, it made me wonder if the Seattle Supersonics were still a team, would they be changing their name to the Seattle Hypersonics? It's a really good question. <laughs> we'll never uh, know. We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> just want to make sure I get the groan in there. For... You get the groan in there. Unmute for the groan. <laughs> Unmute for the groan. <laughs> Alexander, what about you? What's 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 the, on the HFSS side of things, or whatever? You know, there's 300 different uh, products over there on the on the high frequency side. What uh, what was your favorite thing? Yeah, there's a lot of different things, and uh, that's why I was waiting for you guys to, you know, to finish with all the <laughs> CMD stuff and everything, so I can take the rest of that podcast <laughs> to talk about high frequency. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just to summarize, I guess the most powerful, which I have seen uh, at work, and it seems like it's uh, one of the best additions. So, um, well, now we have now we have a couple new uh, tools in like a new Hertz and the MotorCat. So now they are ramping up, and this is more like a low frequency and RF application. Right. Um, <clears throat> so then there is another one um, feature, which I think it's, it's, it's great because I can, I, I keep seeing the uh, usage from our customers. I can keep seeing the reports and questions from the users. Uh, OptiSlang now is, you know, can be uh, <clears throat> set up in the Optimetrics because mm -hmm. it used to be Optimetrics was the optimization tool um, right. for high frequency, HFSS and everything. So now OptiSlang is kind of taking that um, spot because it has uh, a little bit more capabilities in the uh, in a larger model scale. <clears throat> so so and then obviously there's a you know elephant in the room. It's that um, mesh fusion stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, it seems like so it, it has been uh, trying to up, uh, improve improve the whole meshing technology. And so now these days it's actually able to. Uh, to run simple mesh, well, simple, <laughs> simple <laughs> enough mesh uh, for for complicated models, everything in one model. So it used to be you have to specify which uh, mesh you would want to use, but now not anymore. Now now it's you just click a button and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> the magic magic happens there. So it's um. It's it's one of the biggest things I think, and um, well, no, one 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 last big thing is uh, in the side wave because that's that's yeah. my favorite tool, right? <laughs> so uh, in the side wave, there is a DDR capabilities now coming up. Um, mm -hmm. It was the beta in twenty one or one, and it's I think it's in full swing in twenty one or two, I think. Um, so in this case, it's uh, it seems like it's it's getting more and more popular. Um, because that's what our competitors have, um, you know, in the features. And so now we actually have a chance to actually start talking about it. And then the workflow is really easy to, to show instead of being able to, you know, <laughs> try to explain why our workflow is still, still, still uh, quick. Mm -hmm. 
So, so that's probably pretty much the biggest uh, considerations. And uh, yeah. well, besides the fact that there's a grant of materials available now for electronic solutions, that's that's a just slower pace. People don't pick up those things uh, mm-hmm. as as as, um, as quicker because they don't know too much about it. And, and is grant uh, available now in all the 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 uh, mainstream products or the the what do they call them the not the mainstream products, but they have a name flagship. for it. Flagship. Flagship. Thank you. Flagship products. I think it's. I think now with HFSS, it's everywhere, right? Yeah, HFSS, SI Wave. Yeah, that's the, the two biggest the ones. Last and two. then from from there, you you, uh, you can expand to 3D layout and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great great addition. Um, Don't forget Maxwell. Oh, Maxwell oh, as well. Sure, yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, Maxwell as well. Yeah, it's really important. It's such a we wanted we wanted the ability to do material properties in an intelligent way for so long, and it's so great to have it across the product line with Granta. Now, um, Josh, on the system side of things, what there's a lot. Poor Josh, you know, this new guy. We stick him with all the new products, <laughs> so he's 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 more than ambidextrous, but uh, more like a squid, right? That can use every hand. But uh, what what's your favorite things on that side of stuff? I would say a lot of it just has to do with the toolkits that they're adding into uh, things like Twin Builder and how they couple with the other tools. So the thing that immediately jumps to mind is the linear parameter bearing uh, reduced order model building capability. Um, and that's I mean, that's primarily housed in Twin Builder, as in that's where the ROM is, of course, being generated, and that's where you typically use it. Um, but as far as you know, how you actually produce data that can be used by that, they've added a really nice toolkit to Electronics Desktop Ice Pack. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll help you set up a simulation with you know, a parameter for the, the flow condition of your inlet, as well as you know, parameters for the, the heat inputs of your uh, board components or power sources, things like that. So that used to be a very manual process, and, and you'd have to kind of process it yourself and organize things the way that the tool kit expects. Um, and now that's pretty much entirely automated for you. So it's a you know a huge quality of life improvement. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and um, Ice Pack, which actually a user interface before it went into mechanical desktop that predated me. So it was it was actually being developed at the same time that I was an undergrad in college. So um, yeah, it was good to see that move over to the desktop. Uh, it's a big, big improvement. Um, Ted or Joe, do you guys have anything to add? Well, you know, there's a lot of nice enhancements in mechanical. Um, one is that you can now specify the licensing you want to use within the mechanical window rather than uh, having to go through the the older way of specifying uh, license options. But on a related note, we're we're seeing the beginning of the end of the ANSYS licensing interconnect. Right. So. 2020 R1 is the first version that doesn't use the ANSYS licensing interconnect, mm-hmm. uses FlexLM, whereas in the past, starting in 2009, I think with version 12.0, it was FlexLM plus this other piece called the ANSYS licensing interconnect. So the licensing interconnect is still there. It still gets installed, um, but that is really just to work with older versions of ANSYS. Okay. So, yeah, we'll have to come back and visit that further along so people understand it, because I know that's a lot of our tech support calls are around licensing. So be a good topic. Well, yeah, right. And it, so we're, we're kind of in a transition period right mm-hmm. now and that, you know, there's some bright stuff on the horizon. You know, ANSYS is, is working on it. Not all of the pieces are quite in place mm-hmm. yet. For example, specifying 
which license you want to use now, uh, you have to go different places for different tools. So hmm. I, I think people just have to be a little patient and check the documentation for how you do things. Um, I know one example is if you're using Design Modeler, which is the mm -hmm. older geometry tool, there's a different way now to specify if you want to use Design Modeler or Blade Modeler, which is Turbo Machinery specific. Right. So that's kind of an esoteric thing, but it is a, a change in how that specification is made at 2020 R1. Yeah, and if you have licensing issues, don't beat your head against the wall. You know, contact your support provider. Hopefully, that's PADT. But if not, you know, contact them and and let them help you out because we are we are in those awkward teenage years, so we need to support each other through this transition. Yeah, cool. So Joe, anything for, to add? Yeah, yeah. For for me, you know, I've always been the meshing guy. Mm -hmm. um, the the ability in 2021 R1, they now have the ability to freeze the mesh on particular bodies. Right. So that once you get the mesh the way you want it on that body, you can freeze it and not worry about, oh, accidentally changing a control or something mm -hmm. and having to remesh it. Uh, but also, I believe if if the geometry changes slightly on that particular body, that it's still... Uh, uses the mesh that's already there mm -hmm. so that as you're doing these design studies, you can, uh, you know, if you're just changing parameters on one part, uh, it's not, a, they've had the smart update for quite a while that it doesn't update the geometry unless that particular part changes. Right. Uh, but if something happens in, in the parts that you don't want changed, uh, change slightly or something, then uh, it's going to use that original mesh and not have to rebuild that mesh each time. Very cool. Right. Yeah, that is really cool. And I know for me, not only is it a time saver, but it just always causes me frustration uh, when it's remeshing something it doesn't need to remesh, right? So <laughs> um, I, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, being able to freeze it is nice. Right. Right. That and the, the smart crack growth. Mm -hmm. The the uh, new enhancements that they put in, you can use with with uh, contacts now. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, things that if there's a contact in the general region, uh, as long as the the crack is not going through the contact path, okay. then uh, then it can can redo. Um, and the overall being able to remesh uh, like the nonlinear uh, adaptive regions. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to remesh with different loads and things on it uh, and contact regions and things that in the past you couldn't have in the same area. So that right. once they once they remesh, um, they're remapping the loads onto the new mesh and things. Makes everything work much better. Very handy. Yeah, that's this this all kind of across the board. Everything is just increasing the usability, increasing the application breadth and depth, and making it more accurate and everything. So that's it's so useful. I'm I'm we've come a long way. We've come a long way. But you know that's that's our one, right? So um, what's got you guys excited? You know, without giving away anything, we're not supposed to give away. So this may be a short conversation about you know what's coming down the pipe. Maybe not necessarily in R1 or R2, but Maybe this is going to be so hard for me to say. 2022 R1 and 2022 R2. Um, anybody have any stuff they're excited about that's supposed to be happening? I'll go first. 
because yeah. I muted. <laughs> but yeah, the the the, the uh, linguistic gymnastics to talk about the rev releases coming up is um, it, it's it's almost like a different language where it's like, well, I'll just say it really loud and really slow, <laughs> and then hopefully, hopefully that. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I think there's changes and modifications to the additive suite. Um, yeah. you know, to, you know, I, I think it's a rather trite or, you know, overused phrase of, you know, additive is going through, you know, big growth, you know, metal is, is, you know, ob- obtainable or, or at least possible for a lot of, uh, companies now. And so there's a lot of challenges obviously that come along with, um, printing something rather than doing, you know, a trick traditional subtractive manufacturing process. And so I think um, changes coming to how you simulate the build process um, and making that more accessible um, to more users is a good thing. And um, I think it's, I think there's, you know, there's, there's, going to be some some uh good things coming um i i I, again i don't i i actually don't even remember the 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 roadmap or stuff like that but um there's some uh rather cool stuff coming um down the line so just just simulating uh 3d metal print process and also ex you know the potential to you know expand that to other additive processes you know there's been a pretty cool um uh, extension. I think it's, I'm blanking on the name. I think it's like three T labs, but you know, using other, you know, basically taking other G code and this is, you know, someone else wrote an extension. There's a webinar that was, you know, I forget the recording date. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not citing any sources. So that way I can't be proven wrong. <laughs> That's in right, exactly. Law. Just be um, vague enough. But, but basically, you know, taking, you know, the additive process and turning it in, into, you know, um, a varying material property field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a lot of cool things, you know, it's not just 3D metal, you know, there's a lot of, you know, use cases for, you know, just, you know, uh, FDM or, uh, I forget the other process names yeah. because I obviously didn't do all my homework prior to, <laughs> to this, but, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of cool things that are coming as far as simulating, making something and making sure that, you know, you can make it you know, print stuff in different ways in order to gain different, uh, uh, behaviors. That is exciting. That's good stuff. Yeah. Cool. I'll piggyback yeah. on what Doug just said, you know, leading up to, what you're going to do with additive, you know, there's ANSYS now has a workflow that combines topology optimization and mechanical with OptiSlang uh, for uh, parametric design optimization. And that's now integrated with ANSYS DCS distribu- distributed compute services. Ah, And so that gives us a lot more horsepower to come up with, you know, these optimized shapes that we want to print using additive and space claim is a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. But it just occurred to me, another thing we haven't even talked about is discovery. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why so, don't you, uh, what, what's, what's got you, let, well, let's talk about. People may not be aware, but the, yeah. what used to be discovery live is now rolled into a new product called discovery, which combines geometry with this, live type of solving um, for structural and fluid flow that solves using the GPU. So it's incredibly fast. 
but also discovery gives us the ability to solve with the flagship solvers, so mechanical and fluent. So if you need that higher level of accuracy, which you know there's a, a trade-off in solution time, discovery gives us the ability to do that as well. And you know there's enhancements coming to discovery down the road as well. Yeah, I think the big thing to to talk about for the future of discovery is just the refinement and the additional capabilities as time goes by. It's like every every release they take out another bite of where they need to go. I mean, it's a it's a multi physics solver or a multi physics simulation package from the ground up, um, built into Space Claim, and uh, they're making good progress. But that doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> it's a very usable tool. We we love it here. Yeah. God, it's funny. Well, nobody's everybody uses it, so nobody specializes in it. So I did forget about it. That's a good point. Uh, anybody else uh, talk about the future? I say I have something. Uh, say from, oh. okay, from go ahead. Josh. You talk. You talk first, Josh. Good all question. right. All right. <laughs> uh, so I guess kind of related to the optimization stuff that was touched on before with added manufacturing is uh, OptiSlang. As of this release, is actually moving to a new license scheme. Um, they're following along with uh, the premium and enterprise. Uh, methodology. Um, but what's really nice about that is at the enterprise level, they're bringing in some of the functionality that was kind of left at the Dynardo licensing, and that okay. is the statistics on structures. Um, so that is basically Dynardo's approach to doing full three-dimensional um, analysis for optimization or variability or sensitivity. So, I mean, pretty much before we just work with individual numbers, well, sure, we could read in a vector and then manipulate it, calculate it in RMS or something like that. But now we can actually deal with the full, um, you know, data set. So that's, that's something that I haven't gotten to play with yet, but I'm really looking forward to uh, diving into. It'll open up a lot of doors, yeah. For sure. Cool. Tom. I, uh, before you go, okay. Tom, I, I think what we need is like those red buzzers, like they use in game shows, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, the, um, I was going to say the the big thing that's been going on over the last couple of years, and they're they're increasing the capability at a pretty steady pace. In fluent, similar to what you were describing with discovery, is um, Ansys has had for years has had this dichotomy in the CFD world where they have the CFX solver mm -hmm. and the fluent solver and they each have their strengths and weaknesses but um, they started a couple years ago with a pretty serious push to try and move all of the capability for turbo machinery that's been the strength of CFX and mm -hmm. combine that into Fluent. Right. So slowly but surely, they've been adding in additional features, and I'm just really looking forward to the day when we can tell customers, you know, if you need, if you use CFX in the past, you can keep using it if you want. Right. Ansys hasn't said they're ever going to stop supporting CFX at least for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. But at some point, they hope to get all the capabilities over there so that people will just naturally want to work in one solver. And um, having all that capability combined into one tool is going to be really powerful. To be able to do all the chemistry and the combustion and all of those types of specialties that Fluent is really good at and the conjugate heat transfer and stuff like that, um, and combine that with the turbo machinery and the ability to model um, rotating equipment mm -hmm. is going to be really powerful. 
Agreed. It's it's a, it's it's going to take a while. And uh, for anybody that had a little bit of a heart attack when Tom said that, do do please pay attention to the part he said about CFX is not going away. Yeah. Um, even though we always say that, it, people still get a heart attack if they built up scripts and processes around CFX. Um, that's it's going to stay there. Don't worry. Yes. Um, they they don't get rid of those things until basically people stop using it. So, um, right. and so uh, don't worry about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like to, you pointed it out, but I want to reemphasize it uh, because I, we always get those questions afterwards. Yeah. Um, we did wait last for you, Alexander, um, uh, to talk about HFSS and and Maxwell as well. Yeah, well, we have a couple more uh, hours for this podcast. Yeah, so I'll start. <laughs> in, in, don't top, forget SI Wave. Top, top things. And SI Wave. Yeah. I always forget SI Wave. Your top things. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's the problem. You know, no, everybody forgets what SI Wave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor SI Wave. Um, yeah. No, so overall, I mean, I would. That's what I, that's what I would see. I mean, it, it's a great it's a great um, direction. The answer is speaking out for you know high frequency tools and low frequency tools. You know, getting more capabilities, acquiring more tools, and putting them together. Uh, you know, now it's uh, you know, also improvements happens in the meshing technology, in the solver time technology. So overall, Ansys is doing a pretty good job about moving the product in the right direction. Because you know, what what do you, what do you want as the customer? You want to you know, uh, quick, very accurate, and very easy to use, right? So, like, that's the, usually people say, you know, pick only two out of those three. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, you know, as it's trying to accomplish all three of them, if it's possible. I mean, it is possible, you know, quite honestly. It's just uh, the matter of connecting all the pieces in the right order to make it more um, user-friendly in this case. Because accuracy already been proven, um, you know, and then the speed is also now is getting better and better about everything. Right. So, so overall, the only thing I can wish for, uh, you know, especially in, in, in the SideWave, for example, or HFSS, it, it's more integrated solutions with everything else. Because right. right now we have multiple GUIs, um, well, right, uh, technically 3D layouts um, is, is the GUI for the majority of the tools, like Maxwell 3D layout, HFSS, circuits, um, Q3D and everything, but then as I wave stay and stand aside, which is which is fine. It's it's possible to consider this to be different solution type. But overall, I think it would be nice to see some sort of kind of workflows when we can build, we can use all of the solutions at the same time. And I think Ansys might be already thinking about the same thing simply because of licensing. The way how they changed licensing in the, in, the, in the past, well, in this year, in the past year, um, that kind of seems like the direction they want to take it because now with enterprise, you get all the tools. And why do you need all the tools if you, uh, you know, if you're designing something? Well, the only way to design something and use all the licenses is to actually use all the tools at the same time. So overall, that would be nice, nice to have. And uh, obviously, um, small features, uh, maybe... Well, in a side way, for example, now DDR wizard is there, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. maybe PCIe, can, you know, wizard mid protocol uh, to be able to analyze. That would be nice to have as well. You have so, to explain what that is to our listeners if they're not uh, users of SI Wave. Yeah, it's a special protocol basically for the for the interconnect uh, communication. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Great. so overall, it's just the small things. Now um, it's nice to add, but. Um, Overall, I, I, I do like to see that all our tools will be able to work together because every, it's, it's much easier 
it's much easier to explain to a customer that hey you have a product let's say it's a drone or you know whatever other you know type of thing and you just say look um you need to use this 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 and this tool together <laughs> in order to make it successful and then people usually like well i'm not you know thermal uh, right. engineer and i say that's not not a big deal you just have to click the button and you're going to get the results which will be enough for you to be able to judge certain things so right. and that's that's why you know it, it's it's there but i think i want to see a lot more smoother workflow you know, you, you you brought up a really good point, and I think others hinted at a little bit, and what they are talking about is ANSYS developers are really fighting on multiple fronts, right? They're, they're adding new physics and new capabilities, like, you know, what Doug talked about with the short fibers or, you know, some of the stuff that Tom or Josh talked about. They're also making each tool faster and more capable and then they're at the same time they're integrating everything together into a comprehensive package and um when you when you really kind of step back and look at it it's kind of uh, impressive um i know it's a lot of work to just coordinate that let alone get the code written and checked um so uh, kudos to them for continuing to do that right it takes time but uh, they just keep marching forward, just steady, but but sure. Um, I think Added is a great example of other companies kind of got ahead of Ansys on that. And I remember a couple customers going, you know, Ansys is, well, I don't know if they're going to be able to catch up. And I just said, well, after doing this for 30 years or so, I think they're going to get there. Just give them time. And uh, they're, they're definitely catching up and maybe even leapfrogging now in some of these areas. So it's pretty, pretty cool to see. And makes our job more fun if 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 not a little stressful because we have to learn so much more <laughs> yep yep and that's true that's true i mean that's what that's what we should be also talk start talking about lamerica as photonics physics now because that's right. a new frontier which right. well quite frankly it, it, it's 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 there we know we have solution we're still trying to put everything together because even customers don't, don't really know that it's there now <laughs> that's what we need to start on the Moving yeah, there's. <laughs> we we haven't even talked really about the software uh, quality and and simulation tools. Um, you know, Medina and um, gosh, I'm you know, I'm, I'm really struggling for names today. But uh, you know, there's Medini. there's a whole Medi, Medini, yeah, not Medina, but Medini. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's a whole slew of tools we haven't even talked about that complete that picture. And um, you know, one of the things that that uh, I kind of focus on is the electric vehicle people because for the first time they need everything ANSYS does, right? The quality assurance on this, on the software, the, the Maxwell, the HFSS, the LIDAR, the interior lighting, the structural, the CFD, the acoustics, you know, it all comes to better together in those vehicles. Um, and it, it really is pushing ANSYS because um, they want to be the dominant player in that space. And it's really pushing ANSYS to be that player and everybody else is kind of becoming a niche solution for one or two things. But uh, yeah. and really don't cool forget battery management and right, thermal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, great example, right? That's this is really. It used to be we used to talk about how jet engines were the ultimate because they had thermal and thermal stress and uh, fluid, right, and a little bit of chemistry. And uh, yeah, they've kind of been surpassed by these electric by these electric cars, right? Uh, it's pretty pretty impressive stuff. The chemistry and the batteries, the thermal management, the system level. It's it's pretty cool. Um, 
yeah, we could go on and on. Uh, we could just talk about the the uh, Emac stuff all all day. But uh, you guys do have tech support calls to take, probably. So I do want to thank you so much for your time. And just to to remind folks, we've been talking with Tom Chadwick, Alexander Gafarov, uh, Joe Woodward. Ted Harris, Doug Otis, Josh Stout, and I'm Eric Miller. And I want to thank everybody for their time. And we'll have to do this again soon. It's good to have all of you on. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. Bye. Yep. Next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Yep. Bye, guys. Okay, good stuff. That was really good. We'll talk to you guys later. Everybody have a good weekend. Right. Thanks, everybody. You too. Bye. 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 So when we get on a, a Teams call to, to do these old chats, we often worry about uh, what are we going to talk about? You know, we, 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 we're not quite sure where it's going to go. And, and, and you'll notice the awkward silence in the first question I asked. But once we start talking about it, we really get into it. And uh, I had actually cut it off because we could have kept going for another half an hour. Um, it, it really is a good thing to do. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we do. Just kind of catching up with each other and hearing what each of our areas of specialty um, are excited about, both what's happened recently and what's coming down the road. And uh, for our commercial day, having that group on reminds me of our training services. This These days, um, you have some great options for training. For most people, the ANSYS Learning Hub fits the bill. But what if you or your company needs something special, something unique that meets your specific needs? That's why PDT uh, has a training group focused on providing customized training and provided by the experts you were just listening to. The value of our classes beyond the ability to customize the content, which is why most people come to us, but once they've done a class with us, they realize that the, the bigger value is the interaction our students, our, 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 our employees, our engineers have with your students. And that back and forth, that answering of questions, that, that looking at things deeper and with someone who really knows the code inside and out is where they find the real value. And that's why customers choose to do their training with PADT. So reach out to joe.woodward at padtinc.com, or as always, you can just go to info at padtinc.com, and uh, Joe will get back to you and talk with you about the options we have available for training. Uh, we do it, uh, well, soon. Hopefully, we'll do it on site, as well as we've gotten really good at doing it virtually. And uh, whatever works for you and whatever classes you need, do reach out, and we'd love to talk to you about those. On to news. Uh, in the world of ANSYS stock, um, that's A-N-S-S, -S, it's mid-year, so it's a good time to check in and see how it's been doing year to date. And to be honest, it's it's not been the best year. I mean, it's not been a bad year, but it's not been a good year as well from a stock price standpoint. It closed at 353.75, which is pretty flat for the year. In fact, it's down 2.8% as where it started on January 1st. Uh, in contrast, the S&P 500 is up 16.3%. So with the first half of the year done, we'll see what the markets think when ANSYS announces their numbers um, from, from Q1 and Q2. I've already done Q1, but I add Q2 to that, uh, and that should happen in about a month or so. It's interesting to see that Autodesk is on the same trajectory, whereas Altair and PDC are more following what the S&P is doing. So um, I, I really don't understand why uh, one would look at PTC and go, oh, they're doing much better and going to grow more and going to be worth more. And they look at ANSYS, which is growing and acquiring and doing amazing things and, and think that it's not going to grow as much. I don't understand. So, um, in fact, 
I'm going to do a shout out. If anyone listening um, is any, any of our engineers on the, on this uh, that listen to this podcast are stock market savvy, and you get it, and you, or you have an opinion on why this is, and we'd like to explain it to the rest of us, um, you know, shoot me an email at podcast at pdtinc.com, and uh, maybe we can set up a time for a for a call, and you can help explain to us why the people out there um, see these different stocks in different ways than those of us who use the tools might see it. Because I'll be honest, I'm a little mystified. Um, I'm always up to learn more. In ANSYS Move uh, News, <laughs> we've got two uh, stories worth reporting. One is about a company called, or a team called Polymove, which is why I said ANSYS Move. Um, so we've talked about this before, and, and I'm going to try and circle back and learn more about it and maybe get somebody on to talk about it. So ANSYS is sponsoring something called the, uh, is a sponsor for something called the Indie Autonomous Challenge, which is basically running the Indianapolis 500 with autonomous vehicles. And um, they have a version of that called the Simulation Race. And and they're basically running vehicles using ANSYS software on um, in a virtual environment. And um, they use artificial intelligence and uh, ANSYS tools in order to run around the, the track. And uh, somebody won. The Polymove company won. So 17 universities, uh, their teams from 17 different universities competed in the ANSYS India Autonomous Challenge simulation race. And they did virtual replicas of the vehicles and the track. Um, and it's a really important milestone to actually getting on the track and it allowed the teams to test the performance of their racers, uh, race car controller in a safe environment, you know, where they're not going to run their expensive hardware into the wall. Uh, ANSYS awarded the winner Polymove and runner up TUM autonomous motorsport, $100,000 for the first place and $50,000 for the second. So this is serious money that ANSYS is handling out. Um, and 1.3 million prizes remain in stake for this challenge. And uh, it's currently, the actual race on the track is scheduled for October 23rd, 2021. So we'll keep watching that and, and especially how ANSYS is doing things and, and trying to get somebody to talk about that. Um, also, um, the second story I want to talk about is really cool. Something that I've always been fascinated about is fusion. And um, there's a, a press release about how ANSYS enables the ITER organization, which is a, the large uh, international ignition site, um, uh, to design the world's largest highly sustainable nuclear, nuclear fusion power plant. Um, and, um, you know, they used ANSYS quite a bit. Uh, to design that different aspects of that system. And so the article goes into that and talks about um, all sorts of different things, including uh, reducing material demands and costs and performance and all that. So cool stuff. Uh, fusion hopefully is, uh, we're getting flying cars. So I think we're going to get fusion as well soon enough. Um, got no news from PADT to share. Um, and then in the ANSYS blog, there were two articles I think worth reading, or at least pointing out to you guys to read. The first is called The Next HFSS Game Changer, Fee Plus Measure for Bondwire and MCAD Layout Assemblies. So we've talked a little bit about this when we've talked about the those products, the HFSS products in this new Fee Plus Measure. Um, so this is basically these very complex assemblies that have these bond wires or their mechanical CAD layout assemblies. And um, it really talks about how this new measure technology is a game changer. That's the title. And then the second one was really interesting. It's called Using ANSYS for Doctoral Research in Cardiovascular Engineering. So basically using the ANSYS tools to model cardiovascular systems in the human body. And it's really fascinating. It's something that else that I'm pretty interested in. And, and uh, um, I think everybody else, it's a, it's a great example of solving complicated multi-physics problems using ANSYS technology.
in our blog, the PDT blog, uh, we just added chapter six of a PDT engineer in King Adabal's court. If you haven't been reading that, um, we've got six chapters out there and it tells the story of Ash, Ashley actually, who is a uh, fictitious engineer at PDT who, after submitting a bad batch job um, syntax, ends up being transported back to ancient Phoenicia and um, lots of good stuff ensues. It's silly. Uh, it may not be uh, Hemingway, but it is uh, fun for us to do it. And we hope you enjoy. People have been following along and, and enjoying the story. So we hope you enjoy chapter six, where she and her friends wander around ancient Egypt on their way to solving a mystery. Then Josh Stout, on a more serious note, uh, added a really good article to Welcome to a New Era of Electronic Reliability Simulation. And we've been talking a lot about Sherlock and similar tools that ANSYS has to basically increase the reliability of electronics uh, from a mechanical reliability standpoint. And this is a really good, I, I really enjoyed the article, a uh, higher look at that and kind of explains what is, you know, it's electro is electronics reliability, right? It's something that has specific meaning and specific requirements. And um, he goes into that and then talks about how you can use ANSYS tools to, to meet your needs for electronics reliability. So, you know, if you're kind of doing things old school or not modeling your electronics, um, take a look at that article. And then third, Miles um, Atkins continues to uh, write these really good articles for Flonex users. He's actually done 10 Flonex tips and tricks, and two of them came out since the last, pa last podcast. So if uh, I'll do a shout out for the number 10, um, it is on modeling cavities in turbo machinery. Um, often something that terrifies back, back in my day. Um, it was something that really terrified us and required a lot of work and a lot of customization and a lot of tools. Um, they've got a, he goes through how to do that in Flonex and it's, it's pretty simple um, and how you can define these areas and get the performance of, say, your secondary flow in your turbo machinery. So if you're interested in Flonex or our Flonex user, do check that out. Uh, we've got some events coming up, including our next webinar. It's We've talked about ANSYS Rocky uh, on the podcast. In fact, we had the uh, people who write it on, and we're going to be doing a webinar on that on the 14th, so Bastille Day. Uh, so... Uh, July 14th, 2021, from 11 Phoenix time to noon. And of course, you can always watch these uh, as recordings at brighttalk.com. You can go to our websites, uh, padtinc.com slash events, and click on it there, or go to brighttalk.com and search for PADT and find it there. Then also, uh, anybody that's here in the Arizona area, please do come to the Arizona Technology Council 2021 Aerospace Aviation Defense and Manufacturing Conference. Um, a, a mouthful, but it's what we do, right? It's, that's, that's a lot of uh, what PADT does, at least. And um, I'm going to be hosting a panel for that on uh, some of our local battery and electric vehicle companies that are setting up here in Arizona. We're getting a little bit of a cluster going here. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, why they are here, the challenges they face, and and what they see for the future of those two industries. There's also one on automation, which is of a great interest, and then a bunch of other uh, things like how to get SBIR grants and that sort of stuff. So, But more importantly, it's a chance for all of us to get together after our long lockdown. So if you're vaccinated or want to wear a mask and want to come down, you can. It's also uh, online as well, so it's a hybrid event. 
that's it for July. Those two things. August is is starting to really pack up. Um, I will be at a booth for PADT at the what is now called the Design Engineer and Build. It used to be called uh, the Pacific Design Show or MDNM West. Um, and they're they're playing with the names, but it's the same big show at the Anaheim Convention Center. Um, that's usually uh, in April. Then it got pushed back uh, uh, this year to to now. And uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, I'll be actually running the 3D printing panel, or not panel, the whole track uh, for the day, um, that that one is going on in the conference. And then we'll also have a booth where we're going to be talking about ANSYS and ANSYS uh, consulting that we do. So if you are in California, um, do stop by. If you need a ticket, reach out to one of our salespeople um, for the, at least for the, uh, the, the booth area. The, uh, it, we've got a whole bunch of those that we can hand out if somebody wants to come on down to Anaheim and check out the show and stop by our booth and say hi. Then, um, let's see, the um, Arizona Technology Council CEO retreat is coming up in August as well. And then our other big conference that we're going to be going to and have a booth in is the 30, uh, I think it's 36th Space Symposium. Uh, it's been delayed, of course, and pushed back. And so um, this is in Colorado Springs. It is the big event for everything space. It's a little cut back this year. There won't be as many visitors. But um, boy, everybody we know that's in space, all of our customers that are in that area are going to be there. And PDT has a booth that we're sharing with three other companies from Arizona. And um, we'd love to see you come by and say hi if you do come to the show. It should be a lot of fun as well. And it'll be good to be my, my second trip out of state as well for work. And that's it for events and pretty much it for our podcast. Really like to thank everybody for listening in. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion and everything else that we bring to the table. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at www.padtinc.com slash opt in and do spread the word about the podcast. Please subscribe uh, where you do subscribe for your podcast. And as always, do not hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 92. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.